Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you ready? Are you ready for the Smackdown Review podcast? Yes, my name is Phil Chambers and I am joined by Gareth Morgan to talk all things Blue Band on this fine Saturday. But before we get into it, make sure you uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcast from because we do daily wrestling podcasts. We do wrestling podcasts about Raw, wrestling podcasts about Smackdown, wrestling podcasts about NXT, wrestling podcasts about AW, wrestling podcasts that are roundtable discussions, wrestling podcasts that are round up for the week complete with bloody good quizzes and wrestling podcasts that are interviews. I've got that bit, Matt Quiz, but I got there in the end it's all worked out uh but this is indeed about smackdown and one hell of a moment on smackdown last night finally it's proven ain't nobody meaner than tamina that's that's the biggest thing we can take away from this that's the talking point I, I, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to spend the next at least 45 minutes talking about this easy, moment because it easy, was easy career highlight a blue show highlight of the year if not the decade it was yeah it was frightening. I didn't know where to, I didn't know why it wasn't on last. I, I felt like they set themselves a, a no mighty, yeah, mighty yeah, tall order to follow that. It was an absolute disgrace, really. What whatever they put on this main event just could not live up to that hype. That's it. I hope uh, I hope whoever did that lose uh, leaves town just like the loser left town in said main event. Oops, spoiler. But yeah, obviously, huge main event with Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. But we will get there because the first thing that we did see on SmackDown was Bianca Belair coming out, the SmackDown Women's Champion, uh, basically opening up the show, saying, like, welcome to the coolest, dopest, the hottest show on Fox. And then she's like, put your hands together for... And then the Dirty Dogs came out and interrupted her. And they're talking about how they're going to take over the show. And then out come the Street Profits, and they interrupted them. And then the... um, the street, street Profits are like, oh, did the Dirty Dogs just interrupt the main event of WrestleMania? And then the Dirty Dogs, the Street Profits gets interrupted, sort of confused already by all the interruptions, because out comes Bailey, and she just kind of steals the microphone off Bianca Belair, laughs in her face, gets punched for it, and then they have a big ball, and then we go into a match, which is three on three, Bailey and the Dirty Dogs versus Bianca Belair and the Street Profits. Uh, so yeah, I guess just talk about how we open SmackDown, and then we'll get into the match. Yeah, it was like it felt like SmackDown's attempts to subvert the the raw trope that is like, oh, person comes out, person interrupts, person interrupts. They just tried like mixing up the entries. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like even just you trying to recount it there, it was just like this. This feels jarring compared to what we normally do. Um, it still very much was person speaks, oh, threatens other person, oh, other person comes out to threaten. Seven. It's like eh, it is what it is. But you get yeah. to. It may be, to be fair, it made Bianca Belair feel like a big, big star because we know that whoever, was, like, that was whoever opens the say. show, whoever opens the show, man, it's like you're the, you're the big, you're the big personality. Cesaro yeah. did it last week, he didn't get to speak, bless him, but Bianca Belair does it this week and you're like, boom, it's yeah. the girl. At least, at least she got a whole sentence out before she got kicked off the mic. <laughs> yeah, so she just exudes star power though. We just see it skipping out of the ring. It's like, whoa, that's the, that's the woman. That is the woman. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was all just building to the match really, uh, which was, the WWE mixed tag rules that are always really odd because you always get that weird moment where like a woman tags a guy in or whatever and then you get that weird moment where they kind of stare down like are they going to fight well no of course they're not going to fight and then they talk about how they don't actually need to tag in and out in mixed tag rules because as soon as one person of a different gender goes in it's just automatically switches to someone else it's all a little bit weird where Um, was Corey Graves explaining the rules of this match eh? for a friggin steel cage 
Um, but yeah, it did start with Bianca ba- uh, and Bailey, and Bianca just looked really great going after Bailey with her strength and athleticism. And yeah, it was just a little section of Bailey putting over Bianca, I guess, um, until Bailey squirreled away and like ran to the corner and tags out. Uh, and then you get a bit of a moment when Bianca Belair squares up with Dolph Ziggler and you're like, oh, is she? Is she not? No, of course not, because Angelo Dawkins runs in and attacks him. And then it sort of builds this huge dive from Montez Ford where he kind of jumps a little bit too far for the Dirty Dogs to catch him. Um, and then uh, Bailey sort of throws Bianca into the steel steps on the outside, which distracts Montez Ford, obviously. And then Dolph runs in with the super kicks and the Dirty Dogs get control of the match. And then it kind of builds up to Montez Ford hitting a super kick, and then he gets the hot tag to Dawkins, who runs in and goes goes a little bit mad for a while. And then um, Bianca goes for the KOD on Dolph Ziggler at some point, like gets him up on her shoulders, but Bailey runs in, breaks it up, and then she, uh, she gets hit by the KOD. And then Rude runs in, gets the roll up on uh, Montez on Angelo Dawkins. But he grabs the tights, and as he's holding him, Bianca Belair comes in from behind, whips him with the hair, which we know how much that hurts from WrestleMania. And then Angelo Dawkins hits him with a spine buster. Montez Ford goes up to the top rope and gets the big frog splash. One, two, three. That is your opening match. Uh, Bianca Belair and the Street Profits win. Fine stuff. It was good fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. like it, Again, it's that thing that we, we will say time and time again with SmackDown, that you kind of get what it says on the tin, and that's not a bad thing. It's like the expectations are there, and they, they deliver on them. They, don't, they didn't need to tear the house down because the house was going to get absolutely obliterated at the end of the night. Yeah, this was yeah. just setting the stage for that. And I've got a weird thing with this Bianca Belair hair thing, because it's like, I get it. It's attached to a body. like it, It's just a part of a body, so it can't be like seen as a weapon, but... That's a weapon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like it's it's like an unfair advantage that nobody else has. This massive long braid that's got a bobble on it, right? So the bobble is classed as a weapon. It's being whipped with this velocity. It's mad. You heard the sound it made to Sasha Banks' abdominal yeah. region at WrestleMania. It sounded like a damn strike of lightning. It's just <laughs> that's the only thing where I'm always a bit like, wow, that's really cool and impressive and ouch, but equally, mm, that's. It's it's like veering on. It's going to be one of those things when she does become a heel. It's big, it's going to be such an incredible tactic to fall back on when she's just like yeah. whipping that out, pun intended, to batter people. <laughs> and all it's just going to be great. But at this point, as a babyface, it's a bit like mm, nobody else has got that advantage, Bianca. You little I guess it devil. works kind of both ways though, because yes, it is an advantage in one way, but it's also something that people can take advantage of if they're going up against her. Like we saw how much Sasha used it against her at WrestleMania. Not that it worked in the end, because I think the yeah. whip outweighed anything that she could do to her. But it, it works it both vexes ways. Her. It's just, it, wait, literally, it's winding her up. If you start yanking on it, it just, like, amps up the adrenaline <laughs> aggression of her. I think it's just a bad idea going anywhere near that braid. It's, yeah. But but it was great. The match itself, like, it was fun. It was quick. It, and I've got, like, a weird little stat thing that I'm probably going to tie into the Natalia and Tamina stuff later on. So I'm going to save that, but just, just so you know, I'm going to plant, plant this little seed there and we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Nice. Stat teasers. Check oh, us yeah. out. Oh, yeah. um, I will say, I still wonder why the Street Profits are involved in this tag team title scene at all since they have lost their shot and they've not really won any matches that would make you believe that they're ready for a title shot again. And now they're kind of mixing it up with the tie champs might just be because they've got no other tag teams and they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> a little bit of that. I'm, I'm, I'm edging on the, the side of caution with this division right now. We've been <laughs> filling it with praise and it's like, no, no, don't go back. Don't go backwards. We're doing okay. Uh, but yeah, fine way to start SmackDown. And then we got into hype in the main event, which was pretty much what this entire SmackDown was designed to do. And for good reason. And we started off, we had uh, Kayla Braxton backstage with Daniel Bryan. And he was just talking about how he's at peace with his decision to kind of put it all on the line later on tonight. And he's really excited for it. Uh, he's just excited to get sort of a fair fight, a one-on-one fight with Roman Reigns finally for the championship. And he's ready to tap him out again. Uh, and his first champ, when he first match when he becomes champ, isn't going to be a rematch, no, because Roman Reigns has made everyone sort of work from the bottom and earn their way through a match. Well, he's going to give someone who's needed an opportunity, who's waited for an opportunity for way too long, he's going to give it straight to Cesaro. If only. Yeah, it's not fair, this. It's really, it's really hard to, to watch back now. <laughs> after, after we get there, but you'll know, it's, it's just... Oh, 
they're simpler times. Simpler yeah. times, man. Uh, and then straight after this, we had a promo from Seth Rollins, who is backstage in that little sort of backstage ring that they've got set up. But there was like really weird dramatic music over the top of it. And I kind of, I was into it. I really liked it as a thing, but it just stood out as very strange. <laughs> yeah, it stood out as something I need now every time anybody has a backstage <laughs> yeah. interview. This is great. Uh, but he was talking about how he thinks like um, that Brian's going to win and uh, give his buddy his first title shot, or Brian thinks he's going to win and give his buddy his first title shot, I should say. But Seth Rollins' prediction is is simple, and it is actually that Brian will win, and it will be the biggest upset of all time. But it isn't going to be Cesaro who gets the first shot because he's not even going to make it past next week because he's putting a challenge out there to Cesaro for next week. Are you ready to take another swing? It's I'm super game for that match. Like I, I, I see it's one of those. I was getting very worried. Probably the the. We well the the SmackDown after WrestleMania because we had that little kind of exchange with Rollins and Cesaro and I was like, oh, they're gonna do it, aren't they? It's gonna roll this straight into WrestleMania backlash. We got away another pay per view for Cesaro gets the proper push. Like this is still yeah. a push, but the proper push and when the main event push. And then the fact that like things have aligned as they have now, especially on this show, it's like okay, I can deal with that. If there is, it's gonna be interesting to see how they they get a definitive end to that feud next week because we know as much as contrary to what this episode does at the end WWE aren't the biggest fans of just having a, a definite like here's the winner of this feud moving on they're not yeah. some kind of way of extending it and then that makes me think oh they're gonna maybe try and tie Seth into main event stuff which again not against but it just could get a bit muddy with if you want to have this clear focus on Cesaro maybe challenging Roman doing all that it, it could just yeah potentially take a bit of his light away. I may be jumping to all the guns here, Phil. It's just one yeah. match has been announced, but it's... Uh, I, we've got we've to think this way because we've been conditioned to. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking about next week's SmackDown as well, we should talk about how it's been announced as a go-back edition of SmackDown, and it's got, like, the old SmackDown logo and things. Uh, so, like, a sort of how they did the sort of classic wars, they're now going to do that with SmackDown, it seems, because they were bored one week and decided to do it. I'm not entirely sure why, but I'm okay with it. If it brings back the SmackDown fist. <laughs> That's it. Bring back the fist. I'm all about that. But it's it's one of those things where I think WWE need whatever they can right now just to make that Thunderdome feel a bit fresh from, from like for, for at least one week. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. we are getting to the point now where it's like every single week just feels the same. It's it, I know it's such a, a first world problem. Like, oh, this Thunderdome's got so boring now. It's like, we've got a damn Thunderdome. Come on, like, it's not the end of the world. But I think just just seeing the fist or maybe even the rings, the old rings, the old SmackDown rings, like the old school ones, because it was that logo, like the original SmackDown logo. So a lot of people on Twitter have been like, oh, they're going to bring back the rings, not the fist, which would be a I massive like the fist in the there. face if they did that. So after that, we had Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, and Reginald walking around backstage, and then they were talking about how singles matches don't matter because they're tag champs. So who cares about all their singles losses? And then they were saying they're sick of being disrespected on Raw, and then they got attacked by Natty and Tamina from behind. Because? Ain't nobody meaner than Tamina. Yeah, that's the reason. That's what we're going with. I couldn't find another one, so it's got to be the reason. And then we did, of course, get Natalia and Tamina going up against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler in a non-title match where Tamina proved to the world once and for all how there ain't nobody meaner than Tamina. There uh, is not. But there may be somebody who can do a better splash. I'm sorry. No. No. I'm sorry, Phil. no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to be that guy. It's a great splash. What are you talking about? Talk about the rest of the match, <laughs> and then I will give my give my two pence to this scenario. Well, Phil. going through the match, Tamina right away was proving to the world that there ain't nobody meaner because she did go for the big splash really early on, but it was a little bit too early on, and Nia Jax still had a wherewithal to get her knees up, obviously, and then she goes to tag in Shayna, and then Shayna kind of goes after her arm for a bit, and then like Tamina gets out of it by like giving her a big slam, and then tags in Natalia eventually for the hot tag. And then Natalia has one of the strangest hot tags I've seen in a long time. Because she ran in, she like hit a discus clothesline, she hit a big German suplex, and then she was going for the sharpshooter. <clears throat> and then 
like Shayna managed to get out of that and kind of take over. And then she tagged Naya in. And then immediately Natalia kind of just ran away to the corner and then ran away to the other corner because I don't know if she went to the wrong corner the first time or whether she just went across and then ran away and tagged into Mina. And it was like 30 seconds after her hot tag or something. transferring the heat of the tag onto Tamina. She was like, still love it. Is that what it was? Love it. Um, So, yeah, it was just a weird moment where it kind of makes you realise, like, there's no faces in this feud and that, like, nobody... Yeah, who who are you rooting for here? Like, <laughs> I don't understand why this is a thing. Are we supposed to be rooting for Natalia and Tamina, the people who attacked the champs from behind in the back before the match and is now being really cowardly in the middle of a hot tag, of all things? Or are we supposed to be liking Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, the people who have been just incredibly annoying for absolutely months? And, uh, well, I guess they are being bullied on Raw with all the falling over and water stuff. So maybe we are supposed to like them. Yeah, it does feel, I don't know. I feel like WWE have kind of jumped on the back of Tamina getting a decent reception at WrestleMania, which she did. She got a nice little reception, just kind of going, well, she's the baby face, but we're not going to change the character. Like, we just know the people at home feel that way. And it's like, uh, you need to do something. Like, (laughs) I'm just having beaten people up and being a bully. It's very weird. But anyway, Tamina goes up top uh, and then Reginald obviously gets involved, gets on the apron and then Natalia goes after him on the outside and kind of tries to get him in a sharpshooter and then Shayna comes in to save him. She goes for like the Kerafuda clutch for like two seconds and then changes her mind and throws Natalia over the announce table. And then Shayna goes up top to meet Tamina and like kind of goes for a superplex, but that gets blocked. Tamina headbutts her because uh, uh, there's nobody meaner. And then she hits the huge fantastic splash for the one, two, three, Tamina gets the pinfall victory over the tag team champions. Ain't nobody meaner than Tamina. I may have mentioned this. <laughs> you, may, you may have. You may have. Hey, she had the moment. I'm not taking the moment away from her. All right. It was. It, she had. She had a thing. That, that is a thing now that they they got that clean win over the over the tag team. I can't get over that splash, man. Come on. It's like <laughs> it's in her blood. This splash, and it's just. I think. Just throw caution to the wind. You've got it. You've got it in you. It's there. The build-up's there. When she goes up there and does the whole snooker thing, it's like, oh, here she goes. And then it's like, I've never done... Right, I'll be honest. I've never done a splash off the top of a rope. Never done that. I've fallen off many a thing, like, (laughs) extravagantly. Yeah, I I understand it's probably a terrifying thing, but it's just... confirm it is quite scary. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I get that, but it's just... uh, You still don't want to kind of land on your feet and then roll down first, I guess. (laughs) It looks like something's gone, like someone's reversed it or something's gone a bit wrong. Like, you'd always, you get that kind of clunky finish where it's like, oh, uh, okay, yeah, Yeah. yeah, they won't. And that's how you feel, even though it's like a nice-ish... It's odd because it's that thing of, again, like, I I don't get how this is a big thing that they've, they've they've got this win over them because it's like they, they've been rolling him up and getting the better of him for weeks and weeks and weeks and then they treated it like it was oh my god it's like no that this has been telegraphed <laughs> yeah they've had the better of them in like singles competition for weeks so i kind of get and that. they beat them at, well it's, i just don't understand like because nia jackson shana beat them at mania yeah and then went on to lose every week in singles matches and now lost in tag matches so i assume they're going to take this to wrestlemania backlash or whatever for the rematch WWE are loving rematches at the minute, it seems. Um, but would you put it past WWE to let Shayna and Jax win that match? I could see him doing it. Well, yeah, that's true. But they're also still teasing about the breakup of Nia Jax and Shayna, but then they've been teasing that for months now, and Reginald's still there. It's such a mess. <laughs> it is, because they've got, I think, because they've got all the weird Angel Garza stuff going on on Raw. Yeah. As well. It's like you can't carry that over onto SmackDown. So it's a bit like, we've got dissension for the sake of dissension because can't really talk about the real dissension because that's on Raw. It's like... And you've got the Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville... No, not Sonya Deville. Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke stuff on Raw. There's like so many weird little things going into this tag team scene that just make absolutely no sense. And it's like, I get... I get you can have multiple storylines, I guess, going in, going on with these belts because they did it last year with Bailey and Sasha, like where they had like a few little, yeah, they had the NXT stuff going on, a few little SmackDown bits and Raw. But I think the key thing is there; those characters were presented as like, okay, they're just going to dominate and going on a on a conquest of yeah. all the brands. Whereas here, it's a bit like <laughs> Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax are just getting fed to both brands. Like, go on then, you want these belts? Go and get eaten alive every week. And it's like it's. I am starting to feel a little bit sorry for him, which I, I hope this is not WWE's weird, just 
sadistic way of getting baby faces over where they just absolutely beat the hell out of them week after week after week to make you go oh i just want to see him get a victory like, and, so I don't know. and get them bullied backstage they always like to bully the baby faces even though nia jackson chain of are definitely not baby faces we need to no. break them up we need to get them out of the tag team scene we need to fix Shayna Baszler completely. Um, and then, because, yeah, it's just shocking what's, where she's at in terms of where she should be. And um, we need to get, I'd be fine with Natalia and Tamina having the tag team belts because at least that'd be then something new that we can then start something fresh with this tag team division because we desperately need something new here. I've, I nearly forgot. This is my little stat that I got. Oh, yeah. Really quickly. So before you teased it and then you almost forgot about it. I know I literally, as we were rearing away I was like no 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 <laughs> come back so I think technically tonight probably changed this again I don't have my facts 100% right for this bit okay. but as of six days ago um uh, uh, on squared circles somebody posted uh, uh, we know this on reddit everything's 100% factual and true but this person this user your personal Jesus so it's there it's got to be true um, they posted that SmackDown hasn't had women's wrestling for a combined time of over 10 minutes since the end of January, which I think, that. It's, it's, I think that's a huge indictment just on the way we see not just the tag division on SmackDown with the women. I think it's one of those things that we, we, we've just absolutely rinsed the, the, the build up to that incredible match that they had at Mania with uh, Sasha and Bianca. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, they had too many matches. Like, they've got all the... If you want to go and check it out, obviously just try and type in the words I've just said here on Google and you'll find it. But it's like two-minute squashes, two-minute, like, little matches, including people like Bianca and Shayna Baszler. One week was the only thing for women on SmackDown. It was four minutes long. Four yeah. minutes long. That's your women's division. It's, it's, it's such a simple concept. Have the women in more matches for more time. Or just have one match that goes on longer than 10 minutes. And suddenly people will be like, oh, this is important. It's, it's taking up a lot of time. Like that's, yeah. that's, it's just, it can just be that easy at times. So I just think we need more. Like this, this was probably a step in the right direction because I think the, the tag match combined with this probably did go over about 10 minutes. Can you count the opening tag match though, I guess? Because it's a mixed uh, thing. It's clutching not... at straws, man. That's yeah. literally just trying to be like, oh, there's the women's title. It's kind of being presented. If you want to go strictly just all women's matches, this this streak, this unwanted streak still going. So that's just, it's not a not a good sign for a SmackDown right now. It's mad. And since we're talking about it and we mentioned it just before the podcast, we started recording. No Sasha Banks again this week. We've not actually seen her in a good couple of weeks now since she was in that little backstage segment where she didn't actually say anything. She just kind of showed off the welt that Bianca did and then stormed off. And we've yeah. not seen her since. Bianca's braid renders people mute and they have to leave <laughs> WWE forever. So Dolph Ziggler, it's been good knowing you. He's uh, gone after next week. You'll see he won't be able to say a word and he'll, he'll go off television for weeks. I don't know what's going on with Sasha. I mean, I hope it's one of those things where she just disappears for a couple of months and comes back with a massive pop and like, oh, I was going to say, I'm hoping they're just keeping her out for a bit, get WrestleMania backlash, the Bailey and Bianca match out of the way and then bring her back in from like a three-way or something at the next pay-per-view, like Bianca versus Bailey versus Sasha, which would be absolute fire. <laughs> You know, if it's like last year, we're going to head into this cinematic phase now where we're going to get a pay-per-view after pay-per-view with horror shows and Money in the Bank corporate building matches. It's going to be great, Phil. It's going to happen. happening. Bring back the swamps. Oh. Um, anyway, we carried on the build to the main event next and we added this throughout the show. A bunch of people just weighing in, saying who they think is going to win. Booker T was here thinking Reigns is going to win. And then Shinsuke Nakamura was like, thinks Brian's going to win. Uh, but he did also mention that if Roman wins... You've escaped me once. I'll be waiting. Still be, still be ready for that match, whenever it might happen. He'd be a good guy for Roman Reigns just to run through in a match. I think that'd be just really fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got to say, like all throughout this uh, show, they did a spectacular uh, job of hyping up this main event. Yeah, it, it felt big. It felt like. I get worried when this starts happening, when they start doing these big, like, show-long <laughs> yeah. things. You're like, oh, here comes the swerve. We're going to get out yeah. there five minutes in. Someone's going to get a DQ because that's it's the art of promotion. Make somebody Indeed. think it's going to be big and then take it away so they can do it the week after, that kind of thing. But no, hats off. This this got us hyped up for a big fight, and it was a big fight. I nearly swore then, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> then we had Kayla Braxton backstage with the Mysterios, and they're just really excited to be tagging together, like, talking about how nothing compares to this for Ray, and they just want to become the first father-son tag team champions. Do it. Do it yesterday. Go back in time. Do it at Mania in front of a crowd. This has to be done at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the Dominic turn as soon as they win it. Do it like uh, like Dean Ambrose did with the Shield. I think that's, yeah. that's the only... You're not my real dad. 
bang, 619. <laughs> renames it to the 916 out of disrespect. <laughs> Eddie never liked you anyway. And then run him over with a low rider. No? Is that... <laughs> he loses another right now. I'm going, I'm going too far. I'm going too far. Then we had Alistair Black back doing his little stories. Uh, this time he was talking about how he lives in reality. The whole story was called reality. And he was talking about how in, like, pe- in high school, uh, people like you, speaking to us, lifted the holes, unaware, lost in success and adoration, uh, trying to get your date to the prom, trying to find the right college, getting your house with your white picket fence, building your life on a foundation of lies. Imagine thinking any of that is real, falling for that trap. Uh, but it's, it's fine because his father never fed me those dreams. Uh, he gave him the truth uh, that something is horribly wrong with all of you. And he could help you. He could give you the key to escape, but he won't. And he slammed the book shut and that was the end of that. I don't appreciate having an existential crisis whenever I watch my SmackDown. This is <laughs> it's, it's getting to the point now with these Alistair Black things where I just sit there going, oh, okay. <laughs> there goes what I thought life was. It's they're brilliant. These, like, yeah, I, I, it was hard them. last week to kind of sum up what it was because it's you get all this new information, new character, new setting, new like way of delivering thing. It's a bit like, oh, okay, what is this going to be? And then this week, it, we've we've had the the origin story now, and it's just one of those things where I, I hope it does keep expanding. Where it's like we understand where this character is coming from. What is it? That's again, it's a simple thing. Just understanding what a character wants. Like yeah. it seems like he just wants to motivation. kind of rip away, yeah, like the motivation. Yeah, it's like that he just wants to rip away what the foundations, like the the expected ways of living, really. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those things. Like he, he doesn't like the the social norms that we live in right now, and he's like, this is the way, kind of thing. And I like that because it, it, it it's a, it's a fast track to the cult leader thing, which we we tend to get in WWE, where he'll just have loads of followers who follow his path, and he's got a book, and then he hits people in the head with a book, like. <laughs> I'd, I'd be, I know I'm, I'm probably oversimplifying it there, but I'd, I'd feel like if that's the path we're going to go down with this Alistair Black, fine. It, like, I like him as a leader. I think that's a, a, good, a good place for him to be right now. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, really enjoying them. I hope he keeps on doing these for a while and then he goes on an absolute tear in ring. Like he needs to be like a, a completely revived person when he finally get him back in the ring and just absolutely tear through people for a bit. Um, but I'm really enjoying it the way he... Um, he delivers all the lines. It's absolutely fantastic. He's like putting his all into the delivery of it. The animation style again just looks really nice and like stands out um, from everything else that they do in WWE. I'm into it. I'm definitely ready to see more. Has, has white picket fence ever sound so threatening to you? I know, right? <laughs> picket so, fence. So I was like, <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> Next up, we had Megan Modan backstage with Big E. And he was talking about how him and Apollo Crews have been all around the world and I, I, I. Uh, and what will, what, all the questions <laughs> is like, what will you do in your rematch? Uh, how can you overcome Commander Aziz? Well, it's okay, because tonight it all comes to an end. He gets his baby back tonight and he's going to take his baby. He's going to sit her in the passenger seat. He's going to buckle her in for safety and then they're going to head north because tonight he becomes a three-time IC champ. You're not allowed to just do that, Phil. That's, <laughs> you're not allowed to just do that. I'm glad that I wore him a mouth that time. Jesus. Yeah, great. Babyface promo from Big E. Oh, God. We've we missed the trick here. Could have been his entrance music. Imagine that, WrestleMania. Just shaking his hips. That'd be, oh, wow. Fuck it, the baby. Coward's hips. Those hips can tell me anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just good stuff God. from Big E. Solid Babyface promo. Hyping the match. All good stuff. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you froze then as well. So I was like, okay, crap. Um, yes, it was. Very solid promo. <laughs> he, he's good at that to be entertaining man. He's very good. Go and kick Polo's ass. Thanks. We had more of the, um, the like the, the different superstars hyping up the main event. Xavier Woods thinks Brian's going to win. Kofi Kingston thinks Roman's going to win, but only because of Jey Uso. And then we got the big WrestleMania rematch or rematches uh, of Biggie versus Apollo, and it went pretty much exactly like the other matches they've had recently, where. The actual action between the two of them is great because they've got really, really good chemistry and the finish is just WWE screwy finishes. Yeah, it's a bit annoying, <laughs> really, at this point. You know what I mean? I, I can't sugarcoat that. It's like, I cannot praise these two enough for yeah. what, they do, what they do. When it's just those two going at it, oh, it's brilliant. It's fun. It's like one of the best... It's such a weird concept. It's like one of the best in-ring feuds that's also one of the most disappointing overall feuds. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's like it's the really actual weird. matches are great. They're so good, so physical. But the, the end results, they just make you sit there just going, oh, fuck these guys, just let them do something clean. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing with it. It's just, uh, just yeah. They, like they backstage, when they find out what their finish is going to be, must be so disappointed like themselves because they just know it's another match where, okay, we get to do whatever, but that finish is always still looming over the top of it. And... Again, like they made the most of the actual match. They were absolutely great. It was a really good sort of back and forth thing. It didn't really follow your typical heel face sort of match layout um, with the heel getting loads of heat and then the big comeback spots. It was just, I'm going to do this big thing and then I'm going to do this the big thing. It was like two heavyweights just kind of going at each other, knocking it back and forth. Um, and it like started off really early on with like just Biggie just sort of out wrestling um, Apollo Crews, like doing these like big powerful like hip tosses on him that just looked great. Uh, and then these two just bloody love doing moves on the ring apron, don't they? <laughs> they absolutely love it out there. Started off with like Big E hit a big splash on the ring apron. And then Apollo Crews went to do like a suplex, but like off the apron to the outside onto the mats. And then Big E hit him with a big you know, like belly to belly. And then Apollo went for a moonsault off the apron. And then Big E got more bellies to bellies and a big splash in the ring. And then Apollo Crews just had this huge kick to the face, just absolutely smashed him in the face. And then built a big E doing a massive urinagi in the corner. And then he goes for that sort of spear through the ropes off the apron. And Apollo Crews just kind of need him in the face doing it and then hit a Death Valley driver on the apron because they just love that apron. <laughs> Everything hurts more. Like, let's just do it all on the apron. And then Big E gets a big splash again and then a uh, kick out of that. And then he gets it up for the big ending, uh, hits the big ending. But as he's about to pin Apollo Crews, Commander Aziz pulls his leg, pulls him out of the ring. Uh, throws uh, Big E into the ring post for the DQ. And then after the match, Kevin Owens comes in to sort of um, to help 
uh, Big E, and then sort of Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz kind of get back in control. And as he's going for the Nigerian nail, Big E comes in to help out Kevin Owens. And then from out of nowhere, Sami Zayn just runs in with a hell of a halluva kick uh, on Kevin Owens. He is not holding back with these halluva kicks on Owens. He is just running his foot through his face. And then Commander Aziz throws them all out. Sami kind of picks up the icy tile and is looking at it like, oh, I remember you. Uh, and then as Apollo Crews sort of sees him holding it, Apollo Crews gets really annoyed. What are you doing? And Sami Zayn all cowards out and goes, oh, calm down, calm down. It's, it's okay. I was just going to do this. And like hands it over to him and then tries to raise Apollo Crews' hand. But as he does that, Commander Aziz attacks him and hits him with the Nigerian nail. Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz standing tall with the championship at the end. And yeah, a lot of nonsense in the... Uh, in the finish, although I guess the only bright spark of this is if are we heading to a four-way between these guys? Because that looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, on paper, that looks like everything that a, a kind of WrestleMania backlash should be. You've got two feuds molded into one there that both happen at WrestleMania, just draw them all together and have them fight over the IC title. It's something we were saying a couple of weeks about where it's like, we feel like that competitive IC title scene that we had a, a couple months back where it was like anybody could win at any point. Like it's just, it's constantly shuffling, changing. It's almost like there are rankings, like people just yeah. are working their way over it. Now it feels like we're reestablishing that a little bit. Just as a little side thing as well. I, I know it's way too early and like he's only been on TV a couple of weeks, but there's just something that's like jarring with me right now with the Commander Aziz thing. Where it's like the, the idea of what the character is, where it's like a bodyguard, really, like just a, a right-hand man who just like helps helps in this situation helps Paulo keep all of his belt stuff like that no problem with that I think it's a great role for him to be in right now the aesthetic just looks a bit like fancy dress for me and I know it's super <laughs> like theatrical we're in wrestling like there's people who dress up as like I don't know demon clowns I, I get it I get it all right but it's just in comparison to the rest of the the the, the pieces that are moving around in this specifically this this set this segment it just looked a bit odd. And I know it's such a stupidly like superficial thing, but it's like, I think, I think the, there's still some room to grow with that Commander Aziz character where it just kind of finds itself. Do you know what I mean? Where it's Because it, right now, he should be this big threatening force, like similar to what we've got with Omos, where it's like, you just see him and go, whoa, okay, that's an equalizer. It should be yeah. that kind of feeling. But I just see him and think, oh, here he is. He's just been handed these clothes and told to go and stand next to this guy. And it's like, oh, he needs, he, there's more to him. I think we yeah. just need to, like we've done with the Apollo character, we're, we're, he's starting feeling himself out and understanding what that character is. Equally, he needs to get that that time and that chance to do that as well. Yeah, I think it's that thing of just needs to become comfortable within that character. Like almost is like you just see him and he, all he has to do really is stand there with his arms crossed and you're like, oh my God, he's a beast because he is an absolute beast. Yeah. But it's just like the presence about him, like he just gets it. Like he's just that big dude who protects AJ Styles that's all he needs to do and like you say about Apollo Crews how he's kind of rested into this character now and he's like just sort of starting to feel it and starting to become it he just needs to get that sort of comfort level with the character like now it like you say it feels like he's playing a part rather than he's just is that person <laughs> which I assume will come out I think he time. could do it though I think yeah. he's in a good position to do it I just it's just noting like right now we're not there yet we're just not there yeah. yet but yeah if this is like I just it's just sad for Apollo Crews and Big E because, like you say, in-ring, they've been absolutely fantastic and I just kind of wish they could have had some kind of good payoff to this feud, but they've never really got there through having to get through Fastlane and then the sort of dodgy finish that happened there and then the Mania match being really short and just and then cut off again by a DQ finish and now this being cut off again by a DQ finish. And it's like ever since Apollo Crews' turn, there's just not been a satisfying end to this. And it looks like we're probably never going to get one. But, like I say, uh, at least I don't that four-way so. four is going to be amazing. The four-way is going to be great, but you never know it would be. It could just be another one of those never-ending feuds like Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin. We could get another couple of pay-per-views yeah. out of this. There's a chance. Okay. You never know. Uh, next up, we got more hype for the main event. Obviously, The Miz was there. He thinks Roman's going to win, for obvious reasons. Then Cesaro... Uh, first off, he accepts Seth Rollins' challenge from earlier on, so we are getting Cesaro versus Seth Rollins next week. Uh, and he also obviously thinks that Daniel Bryan's going to win. And then we got a big hype video package for the main event, all making it seem like the biggest thing that's ever happened on SmackDown. All fantastic. And then we got Kayla Braxton backstage with Paul Heyman and 
boy, he just cut an incredible promo. He is very, very good at this and hyped up this match so much and just put over Daniel Bryan so much. And it's just this entire thing was absolutely brilliant. He was talking about how he's sick of hearing the name Daniel Bryan. And then he started using the sort of yes chant to build that into the promo. And he was saying, like, should uh, Daniel Bryan should have never broken into the industry, but did he? Yes, yes. And did he have a Hall of Fame career? Yes. Did he always defy the odds? Yes. Is he the ultimate underdog? Yes. Uh, did he set the Pee Wee Leagues on fire? Yes. Did he graduate to the big stage of WWE? Yes. Did he achieve the ultimate of becoming champ in the main event of Mania? Yes. Did he make the ultimate comeback of all time? Yes. Does everyone believe Brian will win? Yes. Will he unseat Roman Reigns? Yes. Oh, does everyone believe he'll unseat Roman Reigns? Yes. Uh, is everyone saying that this is the, the night that he's going to beat Roman Reigns? Yes. And will he do it? No, he yes. will not be. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> he will not survive the onslaught. He will not be on SmackDown again. No, no, no. But yeah, just the way he delivered it and everything about it. Paul Heyman is so, so very good at this and just massively putting over Daniel Bryan. But at the same time, staying within his character and still putting over... The, Roman Reigns and majorly hyping up the main event. He just he just gets it. He's very very good at this. Yeah, I hope I hope anybody on either show or all three shows was sat there with a pen and paper watching that because he's yeah. just he's a master, an absolute master. Understands the art of putting over somebody like you obviously against your client, whatever, like putting, putting over the enemy and making that, yeah. helping that make the match feel special and insane. But it's just, I love little things like that when you just incorporate something really stupid like the yes chance. Yeah. Like you just, it, it's using your own weapons against you. It's it's little things like that that just make him, it, it, it would not surprise me if you just made that up on the fly. If you just started yeah. doing that and just riffing and riffing and riffing because it's, it felt organic. It didn't feel like somebody had just thrown a script at him. I know he's Paul Heyman. He's probably got enough sway to write his own stuff and do whatever yeah, he wants. He but <laughs> just, just let people play and do that because that's that's the best promo that we saw in this show. And yeah, it, and it's no surprise that it came from somebody just probably riffing. It's trust the trust the talent, not the writers at this point. Indeed. Uh, and then we got Baron Corbin looking like he'd just come off the beach and was really annoyed that he had to film a little clip for WWE, was saying that he doesn't like either of them, but I guess he wants Reigns to win so that Brian leaves. But yeah, he had his little beach. Hawaiian shirt and hat on. Don't quite know where that look came from, but whatever. <laughs> hey, Beach Boy Baron is a mood, Phil. I'm, I'm totally... And, it, and then it was time for the main event pretty much halfway through the SmackDown show, they gave this time. Um, and I guess the first thing we've got to talk about is Roman Reigns' new music, which is epic. And I said this on the news that I wasn't quite sold on it yet. I've since watched that entrance four times now today, and I am officially completely sold on it. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for it, Phil. As we were doing that news video, I was like, I know this man. I think if he gives it some time... I'd only watched it this morning, like on my phone, through my phone speakers. And I was like, oh, it's okay. I don't know if it's great. And then I kind of watched it later with a bit better quality and like with my headphones on. And I was like, oh yeah, this is quite good. And then I watched it again just before the podcast started. It's like, yeah, this is really good. <laughs> I'm completely sold. It's like a big I, I, choir and like strings and then it kicks in with a big guitar riff and the like little piano hook. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll be listening to that in the shower. I'll be listening to it in the gym. I think I'll be listening to it whilst I'm cooking with tea later. It's just, it's a song for all occasions and it just makes you feel like you can take on the world, but then equally just beat it into submission. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's such a lovely duality. <laughs> Uh, gotta say as well during this entrance god damn Roman Reigns looks like a star like he is oh, god. just on another level at the minute with the way he portrays himself on camera I also noticed that throughout this show they hadn't used the new camera the depth of field camera that they uh, had and I was like oh maybe they've given up on it like maybe they yeah, just got bored of their new toy but nope they'd saved it so that the only person on the entire show that had it was Roman Reigns and it really made him stand out made him look just like the absolute superstar that he is and it just that playing into the he's just taking his time and the way he looks and just everything about it he looks amazing and portrayed himself as the star not just a star the star correct me if i'm wrong was he i feel like he was one of the only people to have that camera at wrestlemania as well 
No, I think a couple of people had it at the WrestleMania. I, I just in the main events anyway. And I think yeah. Sasha and Bianca did. I don't know about well, the second but if The bona fide stars, I think that's that's what, how you do it. I think you just have yeah. these people who are the out and out kind of faces, the top, top get that. Because it does, it just makes you go, okay, they yeah. mean something. They're legit. That, that's how you make this feel special. This, this Yeah. And it was like, even just like Daniel Bryan's face when he was watching the entrance, like you could see it like in his face. He was like, yeah, okay, like this guy, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for this. And just the way, so the way he was selling it and just the way he was walking down to the ring and Paul Heyman's look on his face the entire time, just set him apart. Like in terms of a presentation, you could not ask for more as a superstar. What a difference a year makes, man. I know. It's frightening. Mad. Big time, big match feel for this as well. Uh, and then as soon as I've, I was basically I was making putting my notes out for this match while watching it and I think I've basically just written down the entire match because it was just that good like every little bit of it was absolutely fantastic so I'll just run through it all I guess we could do uh, a full podcast on this match quite easy I know. I'll try and be quick uh, but I will say that if you haven't watched Smackdown just go and watch this match yeah. because it is absolutely brilliant the best TV match we've had in years mm-hmm. uh, easily pay-per-view main event quality easy Wrestlemania pay-per-view mm-hmm. uh quality match fantastic stuff but yeah like immediately as soon as the bell ran uh brian just ran at uh, roman reigns just using his speed instantly going straight in with the running drop kick and then like loads of kicks in the corner um you saw this theme quite a lot where johnny brian would just come in with a speed and a flurry of offense and then just roman reigns just like one massive clothesline and takes him down and goes oh my god like let's breathe for a second and then wait for it to all come back um Reigns ended up sort of whipping him to out the ropes and then Brian kind of just came back at him and like jumped up with like almost a Luthers press but like he had to keep punching him on the way down to make Roman Reigns go down uh takes him down goes for the yes lock quite early on but Roman Reigns manages to roll out goes out to the outside looking absolutely shocked like what the hell is happening to me and then Daniel Bryan comes with the kick through the ropes and then a running knee off the apron and then we go to our first commercial of like three commercial breaks I think they had during this match because it was that long and then when we come back Daniel Bryan's in control and he's just kind of grounding reins with wrestling and things and then a um, bunch of kicks in the corner and then again Roman Reigns just runs out of the corner with another massive clothesline to take Daniel Bryan down and that's when Roman Reigns kind of finally gets in control of the match uh, Brian tries to fight back a few times, but it just Reigns just really confidently takes him down in the early going. Uh, at one point, he took him down and then just kind of tried to pin him by just smushing his entire face into the mat, which I really, really liked. And then looked really annoyed when Brian kicked out of it. <laughs> just Roman Reigns to a T. Uh, and then that's when Roman Reigns kind of starts chatting throughout the match as well, because he's really good at sort of building his character into his matches these days and just keeping across that the character work, but within the wrestling. Uh, eventually Daniel Bryan fights back and he goes for the kicks in the corner again goes for a top rope Hurricane Rana but that gets reversed into a massive power bomb and then we go to commercial again uh, and then when we come back Reigns is back in control but he's starting to get a little bit annoyed you can see him like he's just why am I not taking this guy down uh, and then he goes for like a bunch of knees in the corner and then he goes for a superplex but Daniel Bryan manages to reverse it into sort of a reverse superplex um, from the back and then he gets the yes kicks and that goes into a big Samoan drop for a really close two count from Roman Reigns. And then Roman kind of comes in for the Superman punch, but Brian just just kicks his arm out of the out of the air as he's coming on it. And that like you can see really hurts Roman Reigns. And then like Daniel Bryan's like, ah, I have a target now. And then that's it. He goes after that arm. He's trying to like kick the arm out from underneath him and going after it with like wrestling moves and things like that. And then Daniel Bryan goes for a dive to the outside. And then he's just caught by Roman Reigns and hits him with a massive belly to belly on the outside. Reigns goes for the spear on the outside, but Daniel Bryan moves out of the way. Goes, Reigns goes straight through the barricade, go to another commercial. Come back, Daniel Bryan's on the top rope. He goes for a big diving headbutt, gets a two count. Then he goes for the running knee, but instead gets hit by the Superman punch for another really close two count. Uh, and then Reigns kind of goes in for the spear, but Daniel Bryan manages to get him into a roll up from that for another really, really close two count. Lots of really good near falls towards the end of this. And then Daniel Bryan hits the running knee and Roman Reigns just gets his foot on the rope at the absolute last second. Uh, And then Bryan does the thing where he just kind of drags Roman to the middle of the ring and just starts stomping on his head. And he goes for the yes luck, gets him in it, but Roman uh, kind of just powers back out of it uh, and gets him in a pin to break that up. Then Roman hits a spear. That's another really close two count. And then he's going for the guillotine choke 
but he can't quite get it locked in because of his hurt arm. Daniel Bryan manages to slip out of it and get him into an arm bar to hurt the arm, the arm even more, then gets him into a yes lock. And then Reigns kind of gets close to the ropes, but Brian rolls him back into the center. And just did you think he's got him and Roman Reigns is going to tap out? He kind of manages to power himself out of it again and just goes for that ground and pound that Roman Reigns has been doing. This sort of desperation, I've got nothing else. I'm just going to beat the crap out of you on the floor. Uh, and then but he's like really impressively like was ground and pounding him on the floor. And then somehow like almost from his knees managed to lift up Daniel Bryan into a powerbomb, hits him with the powerbomb. Uh, and then just kind of collapses on top of him and just starts doing more and more punches. And then again, he has another like deadlift powerbomb. Uh, and then after that, he goes for the guillotine again, but he can't get it in still because of that injured arm. But this time he decides to switch arms, gets it in with his other arm, and Brian can't get out. He's in the middle of the ring and you just see him fading. And then eventually the ref calls it. Brian doesn't tap out, but he does pass out. And yeah, Roman Reigns wins. And this is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's few matches that you kind of look back on and dissect it and look at the beats, the drama, the actual in-ring brilliance from both men, from both men. Yeah, like yeah. it's just one of those things now. They both and it's 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 lovely looking back on it when you look back on this history between them both, where they've had, they had the first real epic at fast lane all those years ago. <laughs> Holding that, and I watched that recently, I watched that before WrestleMania. Holding that up to this, it's it's frightening. It's frightening yeah. to see how far they both come. And it's it's Reigns is just on a level right now where and Brian's gonna get all these plaudits. He just will because he's Daniel Bryan. And like he everyone expects this of Daniel Bryan. He's yeah, a, he gets the best match out of everybody. <laughs> that's what he does. He's, he's, yeah. he's sensational. Roman Reigns needs some serious credit coming out of this. And it's yeah. one of those things where the big guys, the big sluggers, powerhouses always tend to work well with the, the smaller guys, but this was something else. There was just, there was craft in this. There was, the, like you said, the way he infuses his character into matches now, by it feels Shakespearean yeah. sometimes. Like, that he, do, he just feels like this all-conquering being at times. Yeah. And like when, like, he, when he starts, uh, I think when you said earlier, when like he starts throwing out those desperation forearms and, and like clobbering, but it's just like, you feel people are in genuine peril. It's, it's, he's become, I don't know. I, I, I don't have enough superlatives for him. Like this yeah. is everything I wanted this match to be and more. Yeah, absolutely. It's like as well with Roman Reigns, the more he has done this sort of character work in the middle of matches, the more he's gotten more comfortable with it and found like his groove with it. Cause I think like when he was doing it at the beginnings, maybe it seemed a bit jarring and it was a little bit like Panto-esque or something like a little yeah. bit too much. But this, it was, everything that he was doing with his character work was informed by what was not only happening within his character and the storyline, but what was happening within the match itself, just the steadily getting more and more like impatient with himself more than Daniel Bryan of like, why am I not putting this guy down to the like utter shock of some of the um, attacks that Daniel Bryan got on and the close two counts to, yeah, just tearing him down. And then those punches at the end of just like, oh my God, I'm at my last wit with this. Like what else can I actually do? And just the, change of the guillotine at the end was just like okay like adapt change get this and and then that's it like as soon as he locked that on that was absolutely it and it's just it all works so so very well and Roman Reigns is selling as well you can't go uh can't go on talking about this match without talking about that because it was he was putting over Daniel Bryan massively in the way that he sold his arm and but like even like in the moves that he was doing like he adjusted all the moves slightly to get around the arm and he like never forgot about that as a as a thing so it was like it was always really really believable that that was there and the way that daniel bryan goes after a limb when he sees it is just like i'm going to tear this thing off you um so it just it all just works so well love it. it it did just feel it was one of those things where it's one of the first not one of the first but in terms of a character i was gonna say one of the first matches it's not like he's been doing this for months now but it's that feeling of what you have when you're watching Brock Lesnar when he started having these matches against the smaller guys where it's like he'd sell and he'd, he'd, he'd really put over the actual danger of the person he was up against. But you still always had that that feeling in the pit of your stomach is he just needs to hit one move. He yeah. just needs to hit one thing. And he, that's what we had all the way through this. And it's like, whereas Brock's not going to be resting for 30 minutes straight. He's just not. That's not what he yeah. does. It's not what he needs to do. Reigns is just giving us that perfect combination now where we can have these epics, but then equally still possessing that same energy 
that same feeling where it's like he just needs to catch him with one spear. Seeing yeah. Daniel Bryan kick out the spear, like that was there was a point where that move was just the most protected thing in all of wrestling. But now yeah. it's like the guillotine. <laughs> Get caught in that That's guillotine. Good night, my friend. Good night. It's I love that finish as well. That's how Daniel Bryan goes out. Just he goes out pretty much dead in wrestling yeah. terms. He's like, yep, if I can't win, I'm just I'm just pop my head off. That's like that. I'm I'm not tapping out to you. I'm not giving up. And it's it's just poetic. I think if it would have just ended here, I would my heart would have been a bit more happy, let's say. I would have been a bit more <laughs> like, okay, what a fitting end, right off into the sunset. Come but no, that. no, that's not There's Mr. More. Roman Reigns. Just before as well. I just got to say with Daniel Bryan, somehow, I don't know how he does it, but every single time, even though you go into the match and you're like, there's absolutely no way Daniel Bryan's winning this match. He just makes you believe. And yeah. I don't know how he does it, but every time, like with some of the near near falls and things in this, it's just like, oh, like it actually gets you like, oh, maybe maybe you can, maybe maybe they will do this. And it, there's just something about him of just that, like you say, the ultimate underdog. There's that like passion and belief in himself that goes above and beyond anything else that you just think, oh, maybe he can, maybe he can. And you always know he's not. <laughs> but like letting Roman Reigns tap out of fast lane, like the most recent fast lane, is an inspired choice now. Yeah. The last two big matches, because anytime he's got in that yes lot, you're like, oh, he, he, yeah, he can't tap, he's done it. And it's just a little thing where it's, yeah. that's just passed on now into every single match they had. And we're going to have so many more. Oh, no, we're not going to have any more times of that happening. <laughs> forward, and that's that. He's gone. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and Roman Reigns selling the yes luck as well. Like that, as soon as Daniel Bryan was going for that, like Reigns was desperate to get out of that thing because he knew, like you could see it, like just the way he had to like power out of it. He was almost powering into the pain to get the pin in the first but one, and the other one, it was just the only thing I can do is just desperation, grab at your hands and try and get out of this thing. He knew he had to get out of that, or that was it. Such an emotional scar, isn't it? It's like I know this can make me tap out. I'm <laughs> terrified of this. It's good stuff. But yeah, like we say, at the end of it, um, Roman Reigns didn't have enough. He went for some chairs on the outside. He was going to hit Brian with the concerto, put one chair under his head, lifted up the other one. But as he did, Cesaro's music hits, which is always entertaining. Like he's sat there, cue my music, cue my music. I need to save my friend. <laughs> um, runs in, hits him with a hell of an uppercut, though. Just runs, just, I don't, just flew into him with a massive uppercut. It looked like it even took Roman Reigns by surprise as how hard he hit him. Uh, and he hits another one on the outside, just as hard. And then Jey Uso runs in out of nowhere, starts attacking Cesaro, hits him with a super kick, ties up Cesaro in the ropes so he can't move. And he has to s sit and watch his friend as Roman Reigns lifts up the chair, hits Daniel Bryan with the concerto, and then SmackDown fades to black with just Roman Reigns screaming at Cesaro, with a just dead Daniel Bryan on the floor and Cesaro tied up in the ropes. It's all brilliant. I love all of this. Yeah, this was such a... Except no. I don't love Daniel Bryan having to go to Raw or NXT no. or whatever he's you doing. You said it I now, Phil. Not you, Raw. you wish that on us now. He's going to Raw. You said it. You loved everything about it, so they're going to bring <laughs> dreams now. And I make a lot of like Avengers analogies on these podcasts now. I'm starting to realise this, but this was such an Infinity War moment where it's like the bad guys just snapped the good guy out of existence yeah. and everyone's just sat there like what now what <laughs> now what do we do this is our gotten tied up he's two against one he's got no friends it's uh, like another layer onto the wrestlemania thing as well with the whole smash him stack him pin him where he just pinned both edge and daniel bryan and now it's just exclamation mark and exclamation mark of concerto like i've already beaten you you're already banished from smackdown but i'm still gonna do this and i'm gonna make your friend watch it's just the hopelessness of this who the hell can beat roman reigns at this point it's it's i'm i'm loving this and like we said it a bit back and i think you suggested that you were like you just want to see roman hold this belt for yeah for, like for a year a solid year because just keep lining people up against him, build them up to the point where you think, oh, maybe they could do it. And then he still just gets through and he gets through in different ways. That's the that's what makes this so intriguing to watch on forward at this point. The Kevin Owens stuff, you just felt like he was getting to on the skin of his teeth. Like KO yeah. really gave him a good run for his money in every single match they had. Whereas the Daniel Bryan stuff, he's emphatically ended that. And it's yeah. a bit late. I think as well, it plays into the storyline that they've made, uh, told with the Daniel Bryan stuff in the mm -hmm. way that he's ended this. Because Daniel Bryan was all about 
goading him into it in the first place and like pointing out all of his flaws and how he's had to have like Jey Uso's help and Edge's help and whatever to win matches in the past and how people have come close but you've well, you've always had your buddies by your side to be able to cheat your way out of it and just the so the way that Daniel Bryan built to this match informs what Roman Reigns does at the end of okay you think this is the way first off I'm going to beat you clean with no interference secondly I'm going to destroy you and your career and it's just absolutely everything I'm going to take from you. And if you saw what Paul Heyman did after Brock Lesnar ended the street with The Undertaker and how much yeah. put over that feat for months, years, really, like yeah. to this day when he pops up. But now just, just transfer that onto Roman Reigns for Daniel Bryan. We will be hearing about the man who banished the leader yeah. of the from SmackDown forever, forever. We're going to hear about this just week in, week out. He's just, that's going to be that everlasting reminder now of you want to cross me, you want to go with me, go and ask Daniel Bryan how that works out. Yeah, it's Brilliant. great. And yeah, very excited to see where they go from this. Obviously, we're going to get Cesaro versus Roman Reigns at some point, but Cesaro's going to get through Seth Rollins next week. I assume, I hope at least, Seth Rollins is just, uh, Cesaro's just going to win that. And then that can be a stepping stone to sort of prove that Cesaro is to the level of Roman Reigns, I guess, going into WrestleMania backlash. But I'm, yeah, I have genuinely no idea who's going to take this belt off Roman Reigns eventually because I don't think it's going to be Cesaro as much as Daniel Bryan wants it to be. Uh, and I don't see anyone else ready or even close at the minute. No, there's gonna. I think there's a, there's a hopeful expect, not expectation, but there's a hopefulness in the fact that SmackDown have a chance to build a few baby faces. Yeah. And they need to, like you said, because they've just lost the guy in that sense. <laughs> yeah, the he's baby just, face. <laughs> yeah, he's, you can throw him in at any point, any time of year, you can just throw him in there. You've lost him now, so you need to... There's people there to mould. There's people that they can do it with. Cesaro's a key one. Like, Nakamura could be rejuvenated in a couple of weeks. Like, it's one of those. You just need to start... I, I'm, I'm really racking... Like, obviously, there's Big E. He's the big one. Like, hopefully, yeah. that's, that's coming up to WrestleMania season. We've got him there yeah, not yet that but there's time to build biggie but away from him it's like we've done kevin owens a lot they're great but we've done kevin owens yeah can't um, go back to that who else like like i said nakamura uh like it, it, i don't see anyone start thinking else yeah you're like is about. there going to be a call-up is there going to be something from nxt like is somebody maybe going to come over from raw like it's it's interesting. Yeah. Or does Lesnar come back and kill him? Yeah. Or does Lesnar come back? That's always that's always the one that's lingering there somewhere, which yeah, it has to happen at some point. Although right now, I don't, I don't know how they get there because you've got the Paul Heyman link. And does Paul Heyman finally get annoyed with being Roman Reigns' lackey, bring back Brock Lesnar? And then really, if that happened, I'd kind of want Roman Reigns to beat him <laughs> just to continue yeah. this. Roman Reigns being the absolute granddaddy of them all and there's all that storyline potentials potential still with the jay uso stuff like there is the, yeah that, and that's whenever still jimmy there. comes back it's oh i love this so much like, for this yeah like it's not there's no dead end for this main event like where you look at raw with Bo the bobby lashley stuff it's a bit like i like bobby i think he's great yeah. as a wwe champion but i'm a bit like mm, i don't know option wise i'm not sure where we go after the drew stuff and the braun stuff and it's a bit like oh I'm not. I'm not doing backflips at the thought of it. Whereas this, yeah. it's like, oh god, just oh, take us on a ride. Indeed. But yeah, very sad to see Daniel Bryan leave SmackDown as he's absolutely fantastic. No idea what he does either now. I hope they keep him off TV for at least a while. Mm. Um, and then yeah, I don't know. I personally want to see him go to NXT because I think he'd just be amazing down there and lots of new matchups where I think we've pretty much seen everything I'd want to see everyone wrong. <laughs> It's one of them, like, you could just put him in a, a Finn Balor role. He doesn't have to win the belt. He doesn't have to be kind of near the top. I don't think he'd want to yeah. be. I think he'd want to be I mean, in there. In the the story tells it himself as well. Like, Daniel Bryan could just be there. It's like, all right, you're all new. I've been here forever. Come at me. See if you can. And, <sighs> and every week, you could just write a different story with a different person, and it would be absolutely fantastic. Just for that Pete Dunne match alone. I mean, yeah, I, Johnny I Gargano, was, that's the one. Yeah. Johnny Gargano, Daniel Bryan. That's, like, low-key dream match for me right now. Let me just drop this little this little thing on you. Little thing, right? And just you can you can thank me later. Walter, Daniel Bryan. Walter Bryan. Imagine the chest. Bring that regal. 
Bring back Regal. Regal oh, versus Brian. Imagine. <laughs> no, on my mind's just on the Walter thing because all I could think of was Daniel Bryan's chest after the greatest Royal Rumble. I just yeah, want that level of true. brutality again. Probably Chamber Daniel versus but... Brian as well. <sighs> it's so much. Damn, it just that makes sense. And you know what? Because it makes sense, he's gonna raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ah well. But yes, that was the SmackDown Review podcast. Another fantastic SmackDown dominated by the main event as it should have been, because it was absolutely bloody amazing. Um, no who idea you, where the... Um, who are you coming as next week for the uh, the go back edition? What's your uh, the go back? Yeah, yeah. Are we, are we I'm, get I'm going Shawn Michaels the in, the, in the small shorts. I'm going. Uh, in the I'll go show. Rock. It's the Rock show after all. So <laughs> you did the right. So I'll, I'll sweet Jim music you as you go for the the people's elbow. That's the plan. <laughs> well, I think the biggest question going forward now for SmackDown is: Will the SmackDown Fist make a comeback next week? Well, that's yeah. That other rings, one of them. I'm, I, I want some fisting. I want some fisting action. But it's a shame because we're going to lose Daniel Bryan with his little fisting one-liners. So that's, uh, yeah. Too close to home. <laughs> but yes, that was the SmackDown Review podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. If you want to continue the conversation, you can do that on Twitter. You can follow me at PhilMyChambers and you can follow Gareth. At GMorgan04. And you can follow all of us at What Culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcast from, and leave us a five-star review while you're there to put a smile on Adam Wilborn's face. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Adam Wilborn will be back with a very pre-recorded re- Raw preview on Monday that he actually recorded yesterday because of the bank holiday, although it is Raw, so I'm pretty sure nothing will change between now and then. <laughs> Famous last words. (laughs) Uh, But yes, thank you very much and have a fantastic day. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.